1: Hey, everybody. Before we get started in our next level podcast, I wanted to let you know that we just released our brand new ebook and it's all about coaching, about how do you select the right coach. For some of you, been very interested in getting a good coach and it's great to get a good coach, but the right coach for the right situation. So go check it out. It's a free ebook on McIntyre on the com themichaelmcintyre.com and check it out. It's free. Download it for yourself. It's under books and you're going to enjoy it. Thank you. This is the Next Level Podcast. A place for business leaders, entrepreneurs and dreamers to be empowered for an abundant kingdom life. Here's your host, Michael McIntyre. Welcome everybody, this is Michael McIntyre again for a next level podcast and uh, you know each week we just raise the bar baby, we do, come on Jesus, I love raising this bar and we did it again today and uh, listen I got a good friend on here and this guy is amazing and you're going to really enjoy him, uh, he goes by Fab, his, his, his real name is Fabiano, did I say that right? You Fabiano. did. Fabiano, uh, Altamira,
0: did I get Correct. it? That's good, you've got come a beautiful on, Italian man. accent.
1: this guy you're gonna love his accent he's amazing he's a graduate of the arts educational schools in london Uh, fabiano has worked as an actor writer director and producer for over 20 years he doesn't look like it uh he looks so young some of his theater credits include south pacific uh, uh, which was done by Peter Darling, Tony Award be- Best uh, Choreographer, The Boyfriend, ULTZ, Oliver o- uh, the Oliver Award Best Director, West Side Story, and Romeo and Juliet, both with James McAvoy. On film and TV, listen to this audience, Fabiano has worked with Angelina Jolie, Gerard Butler, I love that Gerard Butler, and Parminer, Nagra, and I think I nailed that, but maybe not, and more. (laughs) He recently co-produced the movie Unplanned, which I've got some family in that too, and starred in the movie Bright Ones. Passionate about training creative revitalists who perform in the presence from their true identity. He created the Dream Circle, a technique allowing actors to take risks in safe places, in a safe space. He wrote, produced, and directed a new adaptation of the Christmas Carol for the Reading Civic Rev. Fab lives in Reading with his wife, Claire, and their children, Bella and Joshi. I love that name, Bella and Joshi, that's awesome. Listen, welcome Fab, thank you. And um, man, you you are all over the place, bro. So what's happening in your world, man?
0: Well, thanks for having me, Michael, I appreciate it. It's great seeing and hearing you again. Um, yeah, we're literally about to start our um, fourth year of the conservatory, Bethel Conservatory of the Arts. We start in two weeks with a new batch of students. We're actually doing it face to face. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. brilliant. We were like, oh, are we going to have to do everything online? Now, how do you teach acting fully online? You know, we have like, five courses that we do at the conservatory now. We've got a BA in acting, an acting certificate, screenwriting and film and new media. So there are components that we can take online, but most of it, obviously, you get so much more from face to face. So we start on the 24th of August. We're really excited with our new students. We just had our graduating first graduating year um, in May this year. And um, you know what? Seeing the Lord do what he's done through our sacrifice and through our training has been amazing. You know, because when you're starting, you think, are you crazy? Are you absolutely <laughs> insane? And then you realize it takes three years to find out whether your product, and when I say product, I mean the, the characters, the, 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 the artists that we want to release into the industry, right? Because it takes yeah. three to four years to train them. And just seeing them graduate, bro, I'm not kidding you. These guys are excellent actors and they are so on fire for Jesus.
1: That's so cool, man. I love that. I, you know, I love your passion fab on this. It's just, it's really, it's infectious. And you know, i hear a lot of times you know and uh we know a lot of the same people michael malden and some of the other people Mm -hmm. that's been in acting and 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 been on both sides secular and non-secular and and you know i hear a lot of the battle cry out there we need to have more jesus in hollywood yeah Mm -hmm. and you know and it it seems like there's it seems like there's some amazing movies being made now with that christian overt and covert uh (laughs) uh, genre in there which is kind of cool and so with that how do you see Hollywood coming in and bringing that in because obviously there's some major movies out there that made some serious bank yeah yeah yeah. the Jesus theme behind it and so which is a huge breakthrough which I think 10 years ago it was starting but it was not nearly the quality that we have today yeah right and so it's you know of course as we all know, you know, if, if it makes money, that's, that's, that's what you know Hollywood's looking for. Right. And that's what big business looks for. Yeah. But, but with what, you know, with what you did with unplanned and bright ones, you know, especially unplanned, because I have, you know, I, I was involved with, you know, i watching that from, uh, from my family's point of view, but man, that, that was a cutting edge, huge deal that you guys put together with Chuck and Carrie, you know, can you share our audience with how the, all that came about and you got involved and, and, and you and your daughter acted and started. In this movie too yes
0: right yeah yeah my daughter my daughter played christina i played a character called rob i actually played her father in the movie which was right. um it was a very intense scene you know the father is actually forcing his daughter to have an abortion right um so that was a, a very 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 intense scene to, to to play you know and to like get to emotionally but um chuck and carrie uh, and daryl lafever they they brought me on relatively early on in the process I know they've been they've been working on this movie for kind of even seven years before they even brought me on but they brought me on primarily to help with casting and um to help find talent for the movie basically um and then after that I became acting coach and then you know got a credit of um you know co-producer because I was just involved in 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 more than one aspect of the movie but it was such an honor to be trusted with that and to be brought in and obviously daryl and carrie and chuck were so highly involved even with the casting process and everything like that but i mean just to, to be honored with being brought into that movie and being in the circle where they'd ask for opinions and they would ask my advice and um just being in that kind of inner circle was amazing. I I loved it. I, I think yeah. it's a movie. It, it's a movie that was amazing on so many levels. Because as you said, you know, um, a lot of Christian movies, even though they may have made bank and you know, we're trying to infuse Jesus into it, some of them, let's be honest here, and I may be a bit controversial, so please <laughs> forgive me, Michael. <laughs> that's all right. <laughs> have not been the best. But the thing is, at least the people are in motion. Yes, that's right. right. It yeah. doesn't have to be amazing to start with, but they're in motion. Now, obviously, Chuck and Carrie have got a great track record. Right. And, um, you know, Daryl Fever, brilliant track record. You know, Woodlawn, I can only imagine, unplanned. Um, so being a part of this movie to tell Abby Johnson's story was amazing because, bro, it needed to be told. we totally. got to get the message out there. And this is not me getting on a soapbox trying to promote anything political. But listen, who is going to speak up for the unborn? Come on. Come on, brother. And I this love movie was done in a way that I feel it was integrous. It was acted well. And it, yes. actually, um, it actually showed credibility for some faith-based movies.
1: Yes. Well, what I, what, what I love that Unplanned did, because I was, you know, with some of that behind, you know, kind of watching it from a family point of view, watching all that was going on. But what I love when the movie came out, it moved the needle. Mm-hmm. It did. It, in, in the pro-life movement, you know, it really, it moved, it has an impact. And I think I, think I heard, just heard it got released in Europe. It took a while, but it finally got released in Europe mm-hmm. a few weeks ago. And so, you know, which I know in some countries it was banned. Right. yeah and mm-hmm. so I you know I, and i and and I think in some ways that I think the enemy overplays his hand because that makes it more desirable for people to see, you know of course, of, yeah,
0: it becomes yeah. one of those kind of cult movies that everybody's saying don't go and watch so just by the fact you've been told not to see it you'll go and watch it you gotta
1: go you gotta you see know it. you yeah. have
0: to see it yeah
1: yeah yeah so i just i just think you know i know you know uh i love mike lindell's cameo appearance in there <laughs>
0: <laughs> where he's knocking <laughs> the plank parenthood yeah on the tractor where he's yeah. knocking the plank yeah. parenthood down yeah it's thank God he can sell
1: pillows. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I, I you know I don't know how much coaching you had to give him for that one line, but,
0: but it was. But, go ahead. There was one scene though. Do you mind if I share this? No, please. It was one scene where we were actually working with um, a doctor. He'd never he'd never acted before, and he himself had conducted I think it was twelve hundred abortions prior to coming to the Lord something like 800 800 um early term and 400 later mm. so we were doing this scene and it just wasn't landing Chuck and Carrie were like can you just go and give him some notes so I went in his ear and just spoke a few words to him it's funny seeing that when you speak those words over somebody you give them peace relaxation mm. even though yeah. it's a really really gnarly scene um his performance lifted because some of these people were not actors wow some wow. of them had actually been involved in the abortion industry prior <laughs> to salvation and you could see um in his face um obviously it had taken a toll even though the lord wipes everybody and washes everybody clean you could see yes. in some ways it had definitely taken a toll on his life
1: well, you know, during the movie, when it when, when it first came out, we went to see it with the family. And in the audience, I heard women sobbing, <laughs> you know. And there was being, I, I think it's one of those movies that really helped people get delivered, you yeah. know. Uh, and the, one of the people that went with us, she had, she was, uh, she was our age and she had an abortion when she was very young. And she sobbed and it was just one of these, it was like a, deli- you get, you can be delivered through that film. It was that powerful. I believe the Holy Spirit really worked in that. And it's just, it's incredible. And uh, it was just profound. There's some scenes in there that just were just unbelievable. And uh, so to our audience, if you haven't seen Unplanned, man, check it out because yeah. it's beautiful, it's raw, it's real it's it's jesus and uh i just i just think it's amazing and i just it was so cool seeing you on on the big screen bro because <laughs> i've seen you off the
0: big screen bro <laughs> i love this bit it was so funny and this isn't to toot my own torn but it was horn it was one bit i'd done my scene and um chuck and carrie come bursting in and they went i didn't know how to take this and he went you're like a poor man's Robert De Niro. And I went, what? <laughs> what does that mean? And I went, do you mean I'm a poor man's Robert De Niro? And he goes, no, no, no. It's the budget for the movie's just not very high, but you did a great job. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm a poor man's Robert De Niro.
1: <laughs> I love that. I love oh, that. it's
0: so funny. But anyway, well, I... I, I,
1: I... It just, it just really, it came across in excellence, man. And you're you're a professional. And so, so tell me this, man. Tell me, you know, uh, I, I know you've got acting in your blood. You did this for, you know, you started in London. So Mm -hmm. how did you, you know, you always wanted to be an actor, a director, a writer. Was that your childhood dream or what happened?
0: Yeah. Do you know when I first, I think one of the first movies my dad took me to the movie theater to see was, um, a movie called Big by Tom Hanks. And, mm-hmm. you know, it was the first exposure to fantastical storytelling. And I remember just being so captured by his performance, so, so captured by the story that I was, it's something that I wanted to do And excuse me, it inspired me to want to act. And bearing in mind, Michael, I'm not from an acting family my dad is a complete consummate artist he was a very very high-end barber um very stylish very good at business um so I had no context for even how to get into acting (laughs) so my dad what he would do was he'd always say it's not a realistic career you're not never going to do it it's never going to happen um and I was like yeah but dad it's something that I can't I can't get away from it. Something that I want to do, he says, well, if you want to do it, look in the yellow pages and see if you can find a drama teacher. And this is way, way before the internet. Right, I was like, dad, what do you mean look in the yellow pages? Just look in the (laughs) yellow pages. I looked in the yellow pages. The first person I came up to, I just called and she said, yes, I'd love to take you on. This was when I was like 13, 14. Um, so anyway, I, um, now I was younger, I might've been 12. And uh, so anyway, I just started doing these acting lessons and he says, Oh, one of my clients is, um, has got a son who's an actor. So I would just call him up and stop, you know, in those phone boxes and I would literally (laughs) just talk to him for hours about doing it. But my dad would always say, it's not realistic, son. You're not going to do it. Do you know what I found out though? He wasn't doing it to tell me I couldn't. He was saying no to see how hungry I was.
1: Ah, the old reverse on you, huh? The old
0: reverse psychology. (laughs) So he was like, listen, you can't do it. And I was like, all right, I'll show you that I can't. And do you know what? It made me more hungry. And the genius of my dad's parenting was to say, if you're hungry for a career that promises no career and takes no prisoners, will you do it and I went I'm gonna do it dad and I'm gonna do wow. it and I actually you know as up and down as my career has been I I proved to him that I was passionate about doing it because when he was a kid this was back in the early 50s right he went to school in the south of Italy and he said to his teacher I want to be an actor and the class laughed him out of the room Wow! and that destroyed my dad so I'm kind of he's living vicarious through me it. you that's know
1: so cool yeah um,
0: so yeah so that's kind of how I became an actor and then I went to drama school and um you know always saw acting as, as a business so I thought you know tv the chance of being in tv are quite slim but the casts of musical theater are huge mm-hmm. so I thought to start my career let's go somewhere where I can be in a bigger cast even if it's a small role and just build up my resume So that's how I started to get involved And acting was a lot through musical theater to start with. So do do you sing? Um, Do you know what? Yes, I do sing. I wouldn't say singing was my strongest point, but I I did a double major. So I trained as a dancer and an actor. So I, I, I was like what they call a triple threat, but I would say dancing and acting were my strongest point.
1: That's so cool. Okay, so tell me about Bright Ones. Tell me what's going on with that, and how did that come about?
0: Yeah, so Bright Ones, um, so David Neronia and Fred Vasalo were the (laughs) the writers of that. David Neronia um, is co-director of Bethel Conservatory of the Arts, where we both work now. Um, For a long time, they'd always wanted to see, and there had been prophetic words about Bethel doing movies. Um, And, you know, this idea of Bethel Music kits. You know, we have got some unbelievably talented individuals in our organization. Yes. Hugely talented. Yes. So they came up with this idea about a musical um, with kids in. So it's kind of like a Disney Club-esque type Mm -hmm. um, movie. So Fred and David wrote it. They brought me in to help cast it. Obviously, I'm I'm one of the the leads in the movie, basically playing myself as an English (laughs) drama teacher who loves style. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> um, so anyway, they, went, they wrote the script within four to six months, I believe. And then they started shooting. We filmed over a period of about three to four months. And um, Bright Ones is what came out of that. And, you know, I don't know if your viewers have seen it. I highly encourage them to see it. It's such a good movie that brings the life of the kingdom into the arts. And it shows, you know, that if you just have an ounce of passion, and a desire to want to pursue all that God has given you to step over fear into destiny, right? When you partner with the Lord in that, the acceleration that comes, it's unbelievable. And favor follows that, Michael, you know?
1: Amen. Amen. That's when you walk into the, you get into that river of anointing, right? (laughs) You do. It's the flow. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay, so, yeah, I interviewed Fred uh, a couple weeks ago, so his podcast nice. is coming out, too. An amazing right. dude, man, just amazing. Very clever, yeah.
0: you know, just a greatly talented dude.
1: Yes, and what, what amazes me, all right, so I want to know, because there's so much more I want to ask you, but how did you end up at Bethel in Redding, California?
0: Wow, well, that's a, that's <laughs> a thing. So, like, I, um, yeah, so it, the Lord is, I've always been on a journey with the Lord, right, but I've never... Never, I never understood how to um, to bring my my craft or my business and my relationship with the Lord. I didn't understand how to partner well, right? So I always compartmentalized my art and my faith, or business and my faith. I'd say, well, when I'm acting, yes, I'm a believer, but I didn't know how to. the word we get now is performing in the presence, right? I didn't know Mm -hmm. how to bring the presence in with the Lord. So I would always find that I was always dissatisfied. (laughs) I would only be as good as my last job or as the last business deal. So anyway, I did a movie back in the early two thousands where you mentioned with Angelina Jolie and Gerard Butler, it was a sequel to, it was called Tomb Raider Two: the cradle of life. Mm -hmm. And, um, that was the first time I actually experienced what it was to partner with my face and with my craft. So I was filming the first kind of three or four weeks in Santorini in Greece, and then I had two months off. And that first three weeks was the most unbelievably intentional, anointed, some three weeks I'd ever experienced up to date in my career. And I had two months off, and in that two months I ended up becoming super entitled. Wow. Um, it was weird. I ended up losing what I felt like I'd gained in that first three weeks. And to give you a little backstory before those three weeks, it was, um, I, was I was saying to the Lord, I'm either going to take Christianity serious or not. So I was spending like two three hours a day in prayer, being very intentional about just really getting into depth with the Holy Spirit. On the back of that, this film came up. So I had two months off in between going back for another three months and when I went back to the last three months of shooting that movie, I felt like I'd lost the momentum of what I'd really built with the Lord. And I felt that the entitlement and the idea that I'm going to become somebody big after this movie. I'd got all these prophetic words that I was going to be launched. Um, catapulted was the word. And you know what? That didn't happen. Mm. And I did another movie that was was a short movie that got nominated for Best, Best British Short at the uh, at the Rain Dance Film Awards. That's like, that's the awards. It's one of the, the tracks that go to the Oscars. Right. And it's it's funny that I didn't experience the success that I was prophesied I was going to have mm. or following the momentum of the favor that I was seeing in with certain people in LA at the time. And I, I think, you know what it was? was the Lord was protecting me because I couldn't be trusted with the current character that I had.
1: Come on. So
0: after that movie anyway, I I realized I didn't have a pension and you know, it was kind of like, Oh, I've got to invest this money somehow. So I started going into real estate. So I went into real estate and took somewhat of a hiatus from acting and realized I really loved business and ended up um, learning in business how to produce because being a producer is basically being a connector, mm-hmm. and understanding how to, um, you know, nurture relationships, connect people, and it's a word that I don't want to really use anymore because I'm trying to get away from it. But it's hustle. <laughs> don't want to get, get out of the word hustle. <laughs> don't want to use that word anymore. So <laughs> I realized that I was just through all of these elements of um, trying to figure my my life out trying to understand the path where the Lord was taking me. Um, I was never satisfied. There was always something more. I knew that when I was in real estate, well, why am I not in Hollywood? Well, when I'm in Hollywood, then why am I not getting the favor that I'm getting? You know, always trying to figure out where I stood with the Lord. Mm. And then 2007 hits and yes. we nearly lose everything, like yeah. everything. And I'm like, Lord, if I can just keep what I've got, I will never make the same mistakes again. <laughs> and the Lord, in his grace, managed to sustain us through all of that hideousness that was the recession. Yeah. And in that time, somebody introduced me to, um, to Bethel. And um, they would say to me, you know, Fab, you've got to have a deep encounter with the Holy Spirit. Bro, bro I know the Holy Spirit, I'm gonna <laughs> soak you, Pastor. The- you know what, when you manifest like that, the thing called self-control, stop it. So we would mm-hmm. sat down in the restaurant and he says, you know what, bro, the Lord is gonna get you so bad. So I went to <laughs> one of his encounter nights and I kid you not, I started wailing,
1: Come crying, on.
0: laughing, shouting. You got and wrecked. a woman there and a woman, I got wrecked and a woman there said, I see there's a move. And we didn't know what this move would be. Would it be a move to be nearer a uh, Claire's family down South or a move to another country? And anyway, the more we started listening to Bethel TV and pastor Eric and pastor Bill and pastor Chris, we realized that there was something over there that we needed. Mm. Our hunger that was being birthed in us that we needed. So we decided to, uh, I didn't listen. I didn't even know that there was a school there. So, so, one day, it was the 12th of March, 2012. It was my wife's birthday. The night before, on the 11th of March, I started looking at real estate in Reading, had no idea why. On that 12th of March, my wife was about to go and do her Bible study. We run a small Christian school. And I said, Babe, look, you stay in bed. I'll take class for you. So the Lord said to me before I took the class, he said, Abraham and the promise. And I'm like, all right, whatever, Abraham and the promise. I get to open the book and it said, Abraham and the promise, Genesis Mm. 12. Have you thought of moving? Have you told your children? I was like, (laughs) this is weird. (laughs) So I start to weep. I do the Bible study, get home. And my my Claire, basically, she's not somebody that moves quick. She moves in peace and need to hear the Lord. So I said, this gets me emotional every time. And I said, Lord, I think, I said, Claire, I think we're moving to Bethel. And she goes, okay. Wow. And she reads the chapter and she goes, did you read to the end, babe? And I said, no. And it said, and Abraham moved to Bethel east of Ai. So listen. I love that. We we went, I didn't even know there was a school, but I went online, saw BSSM and literally applied that day.
1: Come on, man.
0: And you know what, bro? We thought we would be there for a year. On August, <laughs> on August, on August the twenty fourth, we'll have been here eight years.
1: Amen. And it's oh, man. changed our life you know, and you've changed so many, you know, God's used you all in this, in this special, you know, Redding, California, like, come on. And, you know, (laughs) you guys out there, not you're, you're not only moving the needle, you're breaking it, you know, (laughs) and it's just incredible what you guys do. You know, I was talking to Fred and I I, I talked to some other people out there and I know, you know, we got to go out there and see you guys. And what I love that you all represents (laughs) is excellence. And I think that just, is you know it's not perfectionism it's excellence, right. and which is a big difference and so yeah. i just think it's it's really cool the way you guys show up in uh, you guys show up big and you always just show up in excellence you know and so and it seems like you guys have like has tra- you have transformed this and you're bringing on these new talent these people so with that you can't you came up with this dream circle yes yes All right, I want to hear about Dream Circle, bro, because it sounds next level-ish, man. I love it.
0: (laughs) Well, the thing is, the Dream Circle, it all started um, with me asking the Lord, how do I teach young kids like fourth graders? Acting is an art, it's a discipline, but it's fun. I'm like, how do I not teach fourth graders that are going to be bouncing off the wall in my class? So the Lord said, put some masking tape on the floor in a circle and tell them, whenever they get into the circle they can do whatever they like they can have fun they can bounce off the walls within the confines of the masking tape right yeah and he says whenever whenever you stop the exercise tell them to step out and sit back down and i was like is it that simplistic so bro i did it so i put the masking tape on the floor about six feet in diameter And said to the kids, when you're in the circle, you can do whatever you like. Express, have fun, explore. I give you permission without judgment to literally express yourself. They did that. When I clicked, a double clap and said, right, now is the time to step out. They sat down and class resumed to order. And, bro, it was literally order and fun and discipline in the class. And then I started doing it for pastors and for businessmen. Coming and for away. A, basically a spectrum of people. And what I found was people need a safe space to take risks and permission, right? To express themselves. And now, bro, it's an acting technique in itself. But I do it still in a way for creative emotional health. We start, I'm starting to film an e-course, write a book on it. And basically now my wife and I do it every single day. And we use the acronym DREAM, and it's DECLARE, the D is DECLARE, I AM. So if, for example, I say, God says, I am comforter, I am creator. All of these attributes of God are an expression of who he is. So when I go, I am an actor, people don't know it's what you do. I said, no, it's not. It's who God has divinely called me to be. So when I say, I am an actor, it's an expression of my identity. And we go into relaxation because as you know, in this world, you need to relax. Amen. So we breathe in love, breathe out hate, breathing joy, breathe out worry, right? Yeah. And then the E is envision. How do I want to see my day? I see my day as being successful. I see my day as being connected. Then the A in dream is affirmation. What am I thankful for? I'm thankful for my kids. I'm thankful for my house. I'm thankful for being on your, po- your podcast. And then the M is the move. How do I activate my day? I will be connected. I will see people changed. So that's how the dream circle, in effect, has become my daily devotion. But it's also, from an acting point of view, it's a safe space for actors to do scenes that might be a love scene. It might be a kissing scene. It might be a highly charged scene. Right. You step in the circle, you create the atmosphere, right? But sometimes you see with people like Heath Ledger, when they engage so much in a character, if they can't detach from that character, so good. it ends up creating elements of really bad emotional health. So the dream circle creates a really, a really definitive barrier between the atmosphere that you create as an actor, also as a businessman, gives you permission. But then once you step out of the circle, you can look at your work objectively and go, I'm leaving it there.
1: So good, man. I don't have to take it with
0: me. Thank you.
1: That's brilliant. uh, That's brilliant. So how many circles do you have in the room?
0: uh, Well, we take it up and we take it off every day. So it depends on what we're doing. So, If it's a class of many people, we'll have multiple circles. So myself and my wife, we keep it down on the floor every day. But what you have to do is remember that. That space is sacred when you step into it.
1: Yeah, I love that. How long are are your actors in that circle?
0: It depends on the exercise. It depends on the exercise. Sometimes it could be a five-minute exercise. Sometimes it could be a 10-minute scene. It all depends on the exercise.
1: Gotcha. Gotcha. I love that, man. That's so creative. It's just really (laughs) cool, you know, because I think sometimes we need to define these things, right? We need to say, okay, you know, here, here's, you know, we're coming into this circle in this circle. It's safe to do and be whatever you want to be and do, you know, and you've got permission and it's safe and I'm not going to be in judgment of you. I'm not going to criticize you. You're not going to offend me and you're okay to be who you need to be in that scene, in that circle which I think is powerful. That's so cool. And for business people to do that too. I love that. Well, Um, I did it at
0: a conference and was just like, basically it's an exercise called the three freeze frames exercise where you step into the circle and you do three different freeze frames or vignettes of mm -hmm. the same dream or of different dreams. And bro, people are like literally weeping, breaking down, crying because they're Mm -hmm. realizing that once you give somebody permission, there's no right or wrong, do whatever you want. Right. That they start to come alive and align with who God has created them to be.
1: Yeah, I know. It's, it's, yeah, because, because, you know, we've got so much thing, you know, we got fear of man, we got people pleasing, we got all these things which are not of Him, right? And when we, when we have freedom in that, you know, you know, it's really, it's so freeing. Yeah. 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 uh, So let me ask you this, because I know there's a lot of people in our audience that are in the arts and they're in the music and they're in the writing and producing. And some of them want to be actors or are actors. What what advice would you give to an actor that's stepping in uh, who's a Christian actor that's wanting to get, you know, maybe to get to the big screen or, you know, do you have to be overt? Do you have to be, you know, in Hollywood? I, you know, because I know, you know, I've talked to some people. Uh, in my sphere. And, you know, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of blowback for conservative Christianity in Hollywood, you know, uh, and maybe there's maybe there is perceived that way. But how how would you how would you uh, coach somebody or give advice to somebody that wants to get in there and make a difference? But, you know, it's sometimes hard breaking into that barrier.
0: Yeah, so I would say first and foremost, be excellent at what you do. Yeah. If you're excellent at what you do, people notice that over what you say. You can say a whole ton and never live up to it. If you're really good at what you do, that you are fun to work with, fun to be with, right? That you know exactly what the director is asking you to do and you're humble, that's going to speak more than anybody going in saying, oh, I want to be a star, I'm going to convert Hollywood. No, that's, (laughs) that's not the way to convert Hollywood. And listen, our mandate shouldn't even be to convert Hollywood. Good. Our mandate should to be to go and do what you love doing, and be fruitful in what you love doing, because that's going to be an expression of who God has created you to be. When you are like that, you become infectious, right? And the motive isn't projects; it's not to make a piece, somebody a project to save somebody. Listen, that's God's deal. It's good. Your your thing is to be available. And to be excellent at what you do. I hear too many people now going, I've been called to Hollywood, right? I'm going to go down to Hollywood and I'm just going to storm the industry. I'm like, what, without training? On a prophetic word? Yeah, God's called me. I'm like, oh, great. God called me to be a doctor. I'm just going to go down into a hospital (laughs) and ask somebody if I can (laughs) freaking take their appendix out. But I've never been to med school.
1: That's so good. And I'm like, go
0: and train. Go to the best school that you can get into. Train and Man, getting to such, a yeah. you know what i mean and getting to a yeah. good community
1: that's such good advice, you know, because, you know, I know, you know, I've talked to some, uh, some music producers too, and they get calls, you know, and said, God, God says my, my music's going to be in all the 190 countries and everybody's going to be able to sing it in their language. Well, you know, first of all, you gotta, you gotta become, you gotta get a platform, you know, you have to have some, you, you know, you maybe, maybe that's true, but you know, you might need a Grammy or two behind you before it gets into that. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) Right. And so, you, you know, there's so, there's so many, many out there in our sphere in the Christian genre that feel that, you know, they, they can start at the finish line and it's just not that way. You know, I mean, look at Moses took 120 years to get where he was going to go. Right. Right. I mean, so it, there's, what you're saying is so good and listeners this is that I like to pause every now and then on my podcast, because that's platinum, what you just heard. That's a platinum nugget, you know, be excellent at what you do be humble in, in that space, you know, uh, you can be so talented and so gifted and anointed and be excellent, but you, you don't want to be arrogant in that place. Right. Right. Right because nobody wants to work with that, you know, and I'm sure you've, I'm sure you've worked with both, you know, and so uh, that's so good. So if somebody had an unction that want to go to drama school or get a drama teacher or go that route, what advice would you give them? You know, let's say they're, they're over in Wisconsin, you know, I mean, there's, there's probably not a lot of opportunity to get on the big screen in Wisconsin, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) So, so where, where do they, what would you advise a 24 year old that's ambitious, that wants this, that has a little bit of, you know, skill behind them, what would you say to do?
0: Well, there are lots of resources online. Like if my, so this is my preferred route, that you would audition for a drama school. Now, the thing is, there are some great, amazing drama schools, the majority are done without the presence. Mm-hmm. Now, it doesn't mean they're bad. And it doesn't right. mean you can't go. I would say if you're interested in going to a drama school, consider Bethel Conservatory of the Arts or another, another Christian school. Now, just because a Christian university does a drama program doesn't mean it's a great drama program. Right. You need to be in a conservatory that pushes you into the profession, right? It has to be a practically-based drama program pushing you to a profession, culminating in a showcase, either in Atlanta or in Los Angeles. That's good. If you can't get there, then you're probably gonna need to move or to a big city like New York, Atlanta, or Los Angeles and get in with a really known teacher, casting directors, drama teachers that can actually take you through the process of training you. Failing that, buy books, Uta Hagen, <laughs> Stella Adler, Larry Mox, read all the acting books that you can get, absorb it, and then start to take online classes. And if you are in Wisconsin, you know, maybe there are people like-minded around the area, create a Facebook group. But I think if you really want to get on the big screen and in theater, you have to train and you have to take like three to four years out of your life to move to a city where you can go to a note, like a a notorious drama school.
1: That's good. Because the profession
0: is hard enough as it is. So you want to go to places like Juilliard, Carnegie, BCA you know we're on the rise other areas like that Yale um they're places that you're going to want to audition for because they have a track record
1: that's right that's really that's such good advice I love it man because that's just practical right Mm -hmm. you know Mm -hmm. and I think sometimes you know in our in our in our charismania world sometimes we get into the you know the swirl (laughs) oh yeah And, and listen you got you've got to do the practical you've got to do the work Right. Um, and- I think we
0: have to take the swirl out. Right. Yes. We have to take. Listen, I don't want to say we fully have to take the prophetic word out. But in one Corinthians, we see. Yes. So the prophetic word is confirming what you know, but it's only a guiding to where you need to be.
1: It's good So you need so to good. surround
0: yourself with people that can help you practically apply the tools and the skill set together As you said, Abraham went on a hundred and twenty-year journey. That was a tough, and he made some. He made a, He made some Ishmaels in that time, right? <laughs>
1: yeah, that's right. You, you know what I'm yeah. saying? And with yeah. the
0: rise of with the rise of since um since uh, reality TV came out, all we want now is is instantaneous destiny and it doesn't work and it doesn't exist.
1: So good. That's so good. All right, man. So tell me about, you know, if somebody wanted to apply at your conservatory, how would they go about doing that?
0: Yes. Yeah, so you can go to our website, www.bethelconservatory.com. And you can read about us. You can read about one of the four or five programs that we, um, that we actually administer. And it tells you everything online about how to audition Or if you want to um, email us info at Bethelconservatory.com. that will go straight to our our admissions counselors. You can ask them any questions you would like. And we literally take you through step-by-step from financial aid to auditioning, to what monologues to do. We literally will walk you through step-by-step how to, um, to set yourself up to come to the conservatory.
1: It's awesome. That's so cool. All right. So, um, do you what what projects can you share with us that's on the horizon
0: on the horizon
1: yeah that's coming up can you give so, us any inside any yeah, inside scoop yeah
0: i mean the, a lot of them obviously because my day job is fully fully immersed in the conservatory this year we've got some really exciting um plays that we're doing and we're launching a podcast and we're doing some, um, we have a screenwriting course. So in the screenwriting, we're always getting new material. So we're going to be, we're starting like the old BBC radio plays. We're going to start launching actually um, acted screenplays, but with podcasts, with a podcast platform. So cool. it's going to be so exciting. And then we're, we're partnering with some um, some big digital streaming um, networks to um show our content so we're filming in a really really um amazing innovative way all of our theatrical productions so So we're going to be streaming doing um streaming all of these on some on some big platforms and for educational purposes again so people can just see our content and we can we can get out there because we believe that VCA is is a content creator, not yeah. just training actors, screenwriters, dancers, and filmmakers, that we're going to be creating our own content.
1: So good. So you mentioned, uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier was the movie Woodlawn, yeah. which I thought was one of the really done well movie, you know, and, and it was about the Jesus movement in Dallas in the early 70s, and mm-hmm. it just was really good. So could you... Share maybe, and I'm putting you on the spot right now, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, could you share maybe your top three all-time Christian movies?
0: My top three all-time Christian movies? That's great. I would say, (laughs) okay, so (laughs) two of them I've probably been in. So I would say all-time Christian movies. Okay, let me give you five. So the blind side would be one. Yep. Okay. I would then say unplanned. Yep. Bright ones i yep. can only imagine come on um and then probably um i mean it's got to be the passion of the christ
1: wow that's it that was so powerful yeah it was so yeah. powerful yeah yeah that's those are really good man all right now how about some of the the, the ones that had a great message but really just didn't do it at the bottom you know just kind of you know was horrible <laughs> <laughs> you know, like flywheel. Okay, flywheel. Uh, I think that was, was it called flywheel? Uh, uh, but, or was it not flywheel? Uh, what was the one with uh, 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 Cameron? Yes. By yes. But, yes. I, I almost walked out. I actually paid money to go see that. And, and I remember my wife wanted me to go see it. Right. And so the message was fantastic. But it was just hard for me to watch, you know, but I th- I think we've come a long way since then.
0: We are. And do you know what, like I said before, at least they're in motion. Totally. And totally that, that came there the box office. That makes <laughs> so much money. Um. But listen, yeah, I mean, I, I understand what you're saying. It was it was it was a tough movie, um,
1: yes.
0: not in terms of toughness and content. Tough to watch, but none of them were professional. They did it with people from their church. And I'm like, good, good for them.
1: I know. I mean, it was it was bravery and and yeah. being vulnerable and and open yourself to you know some some unflattering criticism, but but the message was hugely powerful. And I, I like what you say. And they released in motion, you know, yeah. uh, which I think you know was really was really good. And you know, in in that making the, that art, making that things happen, I think Kirk Cameron's have really taken a bad rap because he does stand out there. One of the movies that he made, and I don't know if you've seen it, or it's kind of a documentary. It's called Monumental.
0: Mm, No, I've not seen it.
1: Bro, see it. Okay. It's very good, and of all places, uh, you know, it came from a a public. uh, I got the recommendation from a professor at a public university, (laughs) which was really amazing. But it's very good. So listen, here's another uh, golden nugget for you listeners out there. Watch Monumental, and uh, it's very amazing, and it's really good, and it's for the time. So, so Fab, you guys are amazing, man. So you you know, you're you're. Are you writing books, or what are you doing on on your side hustle <laughs> you oh will. yeah it's,
0: it's so that's i'm trying to i'm trying to get back a, some time i'm trying to buy back time yeah. so yeah i'm writing i'm writing a book called 30 days in the dream circle which is um a practical journal of yeah. how to um literally center yourself every day with your calling your identity and your destiny um, so good. and i'm filming currently two e-courses one is the practical aspect of the dream circle for actors. The other one is called the, uh, the, uh, the, the, artist blueprint.
1: And how would they get, when, when these are done, how would they find these e-courses?
0: Yeah. You'll be able to get them either through the BCA website or through my own personal website that you, I'm currently building.
1: Okay. All right. So when it comes out, you let us know, right? I
0: will let you know 100%.
1: Cause we, yes. Cause we want to get it out to the 4 million people that download this thing Daily.
0: Come on. Come on. I love it.
1: <laughs> well, man, you you are so amazing. You're so unique. I mean, I just I, I remember uh meeting you uh two or three years ago out there in Bethel and and just you know, you just first of all, your accent is just beautiful. And Thank I think you, you know that, <laughs> now now is your where is your wife from?
0: Uh she's from um the east of England. She's from a place called Suffolk.
1: Okay. All right. So you both have cool accents then. Thank you.
0: Yes. Thank and you. Now, Now, what about Bella
1: and Joshy? Do they have accents? They have
0: maintained their English accents. No
1: way. They have.
0: Bella's 18, Joshy's 16. They came here eight years ago, and Joshy started to lose his American accent, but then they were like, no, I am (laughs) keeping my English accent. (laughs) And they've become so hardcore at keeping their accents. Yeah, they've kept them. (laughs)
1: That's so cool, that's so cool. <laughs> well, uh, I, I, now is your daughter, is Bella gonna go on with her acting career? Uh, she's,
0: a, she's currently a, um, a junior in BCA. Nice, and Joshy, yeah.
1: what's his ambition?
0: So Joshy, my son, he wants to be a chef. So a few years back, he, he won a show called Chops Junior on the, yes. food, net, on the food Network. And then, he, Come on. Um, and then he went back, they asked him back to, to become a judge on one of the next episodes. But he's currently in the process of writing a book. So he's he's writing a book and he's in talks with um, um, a company here in town and um, they are going to start testing the 30 recipes of his book. It's basically bringing your date night back home. So um, being able to cook meals, simple meals, proteins, carbs and veggie dishes for yeah. under twenty five dollars. So it's um, it's a really cool book.
1: That's awesome. He's a little entrepreneur then. Yeah, man. That's it. That's it. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, man, Fab, thank you so much for spending time with us at the Next Level Podcast. Man, you truly are next level. I love your excellence. I love what you guys stand for. And I love that you guys are out there on the front lines, man, bringing Jesus out there to the big screen. And uh, you guys are just amazing. So thanks so much for spending time with us today, Fab. We appreciate it.
0: Mike, pleasure is all mine. Thank you for asking, buddy. God bless, bro. Bless you.
1: Hey friends please remember to rate review subscribe and share our podcast on apple spotify and all other platforms where great podcasts are found thank you thank you for checking out the next level podcast for more information or additional resources please visit themichaelmcintyre.com